Hello? You play to win the game. Let's go to eat a damn snack. We're taking receipts, and I can't wait to shove it down everyone's throat when it comes around. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. They can't hurt me anymore, Manny. The season is over. They can't hurt me anymore, or at least not for another 244 days. Facts. How you doing, Manny? I'm doing amazing. You know what? I don't know if you heard, but uh, the Miami Dolphins are on the way to the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, I, I appreciate you guys' uh, offensive system not showing up yesterday or our defense doing a good enough job to stop the Statue of Liberty that you called Joe Flacco. Um, or the but, referees randomly giving you a random name play call. Uh, here we go. Here we go. I don't know. So, um, what did you think of that game yesterday, Manny? Well, I said, boy, a second. Yep. Um, I, I think that the game itself went the way we thought it was going to go. Um, I, I believe strongly in my heart of hearts that they played as well as they possibly could play on both sides of the ball. Um, the defense, like you, like you said, I think whether it had been Zach Wilson, whether whether it would have been Mike White, I think it would have been a a lot of the same old same. I think you would have gotten into field goal position, and I I don't know if the game would have ended in eleven nine split. I think the I think the <laughs> I personally think the 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 New York Jets with Mike White at the helm probably could have gotten into the end zone at least once. Um, but that's not that's not to take anything away from Joe Flacco. I think Joe Flacco did what he could with what he was given in situation that he was put in. Um, but those are just my two cents regarding the game from what I saw uh, from the stands. I remember you thought that he was a lot more mobile than everybody gives him credit for. Hey, at one point, hey, the way he was running out of that pocket trying to escape Jalen Phillips and Melvin Ingram and Bradley Chubb. Listen, he did get away from those boys a couple of times. I'm not saying that it was enough because at one point I felt like every single time he let go of the ball, Jalen Phillips was putting him on his ass or Bradley Chubbs was giving him an extra shove, or Christian Wilkins was giving a little extra elbow at the end of the game. But for the most part, I think he I think he played a, a good game for, for it, him being the statue that he is. It took 18 weeks, but it was finally a meaningless game for the Jets. Yes. And I think that we need to put that into context because over the last few years, usually we enter October, mid-October. We're done. And we're already done. We, we know that there's absolutely no chance of making the playoffs. Yeah. But this year, we went into – just it was January 8th. Mm-hmm. January 8th – oh, no, I'm sorry. Well, we were eliminated by yesterday. But January 1st, and we were still playing for something. January 8th, it was a meaningless game. But right. all things considered, I think everybody signs up for that at some point before the season starts. Now, obviously, the way we got there um, leaves a lot to be desired. It's very frustrating the way we got there. And we're going to get into all that and more. But before we do, mm-hmm. yesterday we were supposed to do a quick giveaway – Yep. But things got a little complicated because you had to head to the game, and it just got a little complicated. So we did have a Jets giveaway. We're going to give away a Garrett Wilson signed football courtesy of the battered Jets fan, the battered Fence fans, and the NYJ situation report, which he's not joining us right now for this giveaway. He's going to join us for the Dolphins giveaway later today. But you have the winner, so hopefully they're listening. And if not, we're going to go reach out and contact them. Go ahead and let us know who is the winner of this Garrett Wilson fo- signed football. Give me one quick second because I pulled this name off to here and put it in my notes for today's show. Let me pull that up real quick. But uh, just real quick, I know a lot of people did comment elite speed on on our on our videos, but the goal of it was commenting on the most recent video that we had put up. I know a lot of people missed that point, and, my, and that's, my, that's my bad. I don't know if we didn't do a good enough job. Of, yeah, I'm sure they're going to really care about that when they lose right, and they don't get right. their signed football. they be like, oh, it's, it's his bad. It's okay. 
It doesn't matter. But the winner of the uh, the winner of the signed Garrett Wilson signed football jersey is Mr. Jiga Man Porto. Um, you are the winner of the Garrett Wilson uh, signed football. So if you're watching this live or if you're watching a replay, please DM myself, Battered Jets fan, or New York New York Situation Report Gunny Gumby himself. Give us uh, the shipping address, and we'll get that ball right out to you. And uh, that's an awesome ass giveaway, man. Garrett Wilson signed football. He was basically the star of the season. Him and Sauce Gardner, right? Yeah. Now, for those two reasons, I think that um, there's a lot of optimism going forward because I feel like um, we have a core that we feel like we could build around, right? You have to keep Quinn and Williams. Uh, Brees Hall has to come back, hopefully. Yeah. As good as he was before, AVT has to come back, right? We have a nice little nucleus. So we're hoping that we can build around that. Mm-hmm. But despite all the optimism, there are a lot of Jets fans that are pretty pissed off. Yeah. So I think we need to start addressing some of those things before we keep going. Can we address and- this comment real quick? Watch press conference today. Salah Douglas Wilson looking like coming back with Zach. I don't know if you took away. I also took away from that, especially the way Zach talked about going head-to-head with a, with a veteran next season, saying that he's going to make their life hell. That kind of tells me that they are probably coming back with him, and that's fine if they do. I told you that last week, though. Yeah. I, I will tell you that what I took away from said um, press conference that Zach Wilson was a part of was the fact that um, I, I liked his response. I liked the response and the I, – I guess he's been working on, on his press conferences and how he's supposed to respond. They asked him that question. He was all smiling. He's like, whoever they bring in, I'm going to go to hell with him. And he said, in a positive way, but um, he, he, it definitely seems like he's not giving up his seat too easily next season. Oh, he has no choice, really. Right. Um, I saw that, and I, I thought last week, and I told you, I didn't think that they would give up on him for a few reasons. One, what are you going to get back for him right now? I know you said that you would give him up for a seventh-round pick. I, I wouldn't give up on him. Right no, but, but with his talent, yeah. you have to keep him around just in case. You don't want another – how many people are saying, oh, look at Geno Smith now. Look at Sam Darnold now. And I, honestly, I don't think Geno Smith those or are, Sam those Darnold. Those are good examples, and, by the way. Those right. are good examples, I don't think, by the way. I don't think that anything out of this world, but yeah. Zach Wilson has some talent. He was the second he overall does. pick for a I reason. I agree. So I, I wouldn't mind sitting on that for another year and seeing what happens. Am I a huge fan? No. Do I want him to be starter number one when he comes back? No. Do I want a veteran pickup at some point? Yes, yes. I do this offseason. But um, I, I figured he'd be back. Now, I don't really want to get, uh, get it too far into yesterday's game. Yeah. I did want to touch on – before previously to the previous to the game, the decision to start Joe Flacco. Yep. Now, I understand starting Joe Flacco. That doesn't bother me too much. What bothers me is that Zach Wilson was the backup. If Zach Wilson is incapable of playing because of his mental state or whatever it is, Chris Trevler should have been the backup or, or the starter. But there's no reason as to why Zach Wilson should be the backup. And if Joe Flacco goes down with an injury, all of a sudden Zach Wilson has to get into the game. Either make Zach Wilson the starter just to see what he has and make the last game a little fun because I'm sure it would have been a lot more entertaining. Yeah. Or deactivate him. But I have, I, I'm so confused as to why he was the backup this game. It, it made absolutely no sense to me. Did it make any sense to you, Manny? I think it made sense to me because I don't know about you watching the game. For me, when I was watching, well, obviously sitting there watching the game, by the way, did you did you even end up going to the Nets game? I did not. Oh, okay, we, so we, we we can get into that. A little well, bit yeah, more. yeah. But I'm saying you didn't go to the Nets game, and if you would have been there, I think you would have. 
you would have felt the same thing. The fact that the game was so close, I thought there was a small chance that Zach Wilson would see some action in the second half. And I think that's why he himself was put as the backup to Joe Flacco. They had 18 yards in the first quarter. Right. 18. And, and that's my point. I think that for some reason, I thought Zach Wilson was going to be in that game at one point or another. He ended up not being, and I think the reason that he ended up not being is because we weren't doing shit offensively either. So they were like, you know what? Joe Flacco is still keeping us in this game. He hasn't done anything to give this game away. There's He's really no point in going away from well, He's still keeping us in this game is a bit of a stretch, but I get what you're saying. Right. Listen, at the game is 6-6, well into almost the fourth quarter. You got to be like, all right, he's not doing anything wrong. He's not doing anything great. But there's a reason that I think Zach Wilson was the, the backup quarterback was for that off chance that Joe Flacco either A, gets injured. Zach Wilson probably gives you the best bet to knock the Dolphins out of the playoffs. Um, Zach Wilson will probably be the let, – let me make sure I phrase this correctly. Chris Trevler is a horrible quarterback as far as throwing the ball. He yes. may bring all the energy in the world. He might run a good wildcat. But when you need somebody to make a good throw, Chris Trevor is definitely not that guy. With Mike Wilson, with Mike Wilson, I mean Mike Wilson, with Mike White, the great mm-hmm. white hype, having a 29 broken ribs, obviously he can't be the backup quarterback. So from that standpoint, I think that's why you have to go with Zach Wilson. To to touch on Randillas, I agree. I don't I me personally, I don't speak for uh for uh batter Jets on here, Danny G. Me personally. Zach Wilson rubbed me the wrong way a few weeks ago when he decided to not take any blame. And since then, he's kind of, he's kind of been on, on the shit boat for me. Like I said, you know, I'd give him up for an apple pie right now. But I've always been a fan of Zach Wilson in the aspect of the type of player that I think he could be. I think that as soon as he gets to his head on right, I think he could potentially be a very good quarterback. Um, is he going to be top echelon? Who knows? But I think he could be way more serviceable <laughs> Than a Mike White, Joe Flacco, if he just gets his mind right. And I think that press conference today, the way he was responding, Danny, I think it's a good way to start looking at 2023. How bad do you think this six-game losing streak was? I think it was terrible. I think both of our, our, our losing streaks were terrible. From you guys' standpoint, you guys were in, in a position where your quarterback was taking care of the ball, right? Your run game was taking over games. Your defense was giving you the ball not, back. Not during this losing streak, though. Correct. During I this mean, losing I, streak, we were averaging 1.6 yards a carry. Right, right. I meant leading up to that. I meant leading up to that six thing, yeah. you're like, you're like, we're going to be in every single game. So it ended up not being that way. And I think the fact that your quarterback play was so horrendous, your running game all of a sudden became nowhere to be found. And then mm-hmm. the fact that we both thought at one point in the season, you guys got at least a top 10 defense. And then that went away as well. I think there were so many questions that need to be answered, and, and we're going to get into these topics today. There's so many questions that need to be answered within that six-game losing streak yeah. that you just you just can't pinpoint it to one single thing. So for me, if I was a Jets fan, I'm happy with where we are as a team in the aspect of we got a lot of good core young players to build around. What I'm disappointed is that the fact there's so many question marks about offensive coordinator, about – is Rob Sala coming back? Who's going to be our quarterback next season? Our offensive line, we thought it was going to be great. Mekhi Becton can't stay healthy. AVT's, hopefully he comes back great. But there's so many holes that you have to give yourself pause. You guys ended in a great note in the aspect of shit. Like you said, we were, we were playing meaningful football all the way into like January 1st. So from that standpoint alone, it's a victory, but you do got a lot of holes. 
there's a chance we have the offensive and defensive rookie of the years. That's that's a big yeah. deal. That's only happened yeah. twice before, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think it happened with the Saints a couple years ago with Alvin Kamara and um, I forgot the cornerback's name. Uh, well, the cornerback, uh, Lattimore or something like that. I forgot. Marshawn Lattimore. I, there we go. From yeah. the Saints and then back in like the 70s or 60s. So it's only happened twice before. I think it might happen again with the Jets this year. Yeah. But back to the six-game losing streak. Mm-hmm. During this six-game – well. To be clear, the last three games, we didn't score a touchdown. Yeah. We scored 15 combined points the last three games. We averaged 11 points during the six-game losing streak. We lost the last seven out of eight games. How many turnovers do you think we got over those last eight games of the season? How many? It's more than zero. It's more than zero. How many turnovers did you commit, or how many did you take away from the opposing team? Did we take away? How many How many? How many takeaways did the de- that our defense, our elite defense, get yeah. over the last eight weeks? I'm gonna say three. Close. Two. two. We got two. We got two takeaways in the last eight games. Yeah. That is not elite defense. It's not. Now, it's a good defense. But they were playing I, elite up to a point. Is was my point with that? Yes. And they, then- they, you know, everybody in the secondary had an interception at one point. Yes. Like yeah. they were taking the ball away. Um. But it just stopped happening. The second half of the year was completely different. We started six and three. The first nine games were great. It was the last eight games that ended up being an absolute disaster. Thank right. God we played against uh, what was that backup's name that didn't that played for Justin Fields? I don't remember his name. Trevor Simeon. Trevor Simeon. Thank God we played against Trevor Simeon because we've been out even won that game. So, um, it, it's funny the way things work because we're seven and ten, and right now Jets fans are really unhappy. Yeah. But if we would have taken those eight games. And just picked them up and moved them and put them in the beginning of the season. And then had those first nine games end up being the last nine games. All of a sudden, same record, but everybody feels different. And those things matter. I agree. Those things matter. That momentum carries into the offseason. Those things matter. But right now, we're questioning everything. People are questioning Rob Sala. They're questioning Mike LaFleur with good reason. They're questioning Joe Douglas. I am so perplexed. I am dumbfounded that people are actually questioning Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas has done great for us. He's the one that's constructed this young core. Mm-hmm. And people are saying that, oh, maybe he's not the guy. I I don't get it. Like, I think Joe Douglas has done an amazing job. And everybody's like, yeah, but he missed out on Zach Wilson with the second overall pick. Can I Just about with- anybody <laughs> taking that second overall pick would have taken Zach Wilson, even though I, I wasn't a fan of Zach Wilson. Yeah. But they took him, so I was on the bandwagon. What's up? I say this with... All the emphasis in the world. Joe Douglas should be the only person in that building whose job is safe. If you're going to call him out, if you're going to call him out on the one pick he missed on and the other 12 that he knocked out of the park, there's something fucking wrong with you. I'm sorry. He's, he's, I'm look, sorry. He's had, look, he's had a few bad decisions. Correct. But who hasn't? Like, right. name me a GM that has, that's perfect. None. Name me one that hits on 75% of their pickups. Probably not many. If any. So I feel like Joe Douglas is getting a really raw deal from really emotional Jets fans. Now, I'm going to put up a couple yep. tweets here. Yep. Now, I don't mean to call people out. That's fine. I'm just no, putting up some stuff out. that I saw. We're calling you out. Some stuff that I saw. No, because I like a lot of these people. Here's one. Benny and the Jets. Jaguars year one rebuild, 9-8 playoffs. Giants year one rebuild, 9-7-1 playoffs. Lions two-year rebuild, 9-8. Missed the playoffs due to the tiebreaker. Seahawks year one rebuild, nine eight playoffs. Jets year three of rebuild, seven and ten last hey. year. 
Ay. Let's be clear. This is not year three of a rebuild. No. This is year two of a rebuild. Yes. Now, the problem with this is that everybody keeps tagging Joe Douglas on the, on the 2019 season. Mm -hmm. Yes, technically, he was the GM during the 2019 season. Technically true. He got that job in like June or July. The mm -hmm. offseason was basically over. The draft was not done by him. Free agency, not done by him. So although it's under his name, that wasn't his team. He didn't make those roster moves. You cannot say that the 2019 was on Joe Douglas. Of course. To me, that's not part of the rebuild. The rebuild started the year after, 2020. Yes, he drafted Mackay Becton and it hasn't necessarily worked out. But he has had good drafts after that. And he let's be honest. AVT. Can we talk about Mackay Becton? Yeah. Anybody, I would have drafted Mackay Becton. You're talking about a guy who's like 6'11", 325 pounds, and moves like he's LeBron James. Who knew that he was going to have that many injuries? Nobody. I'm well, sorry. I mean, a, lot, a, lot, a lot of people were worried about the injuries because of his size. But yeah, worried, I agree. Like, yeah. it, it wasn't a something coming out of college like, oh, this guy may end up getting hurt. Now, this guy has been consistently hurt because if he was consistently hurt throughout college, he would have dropped well into the later rounds. The reason he was drafted that high, somebody else would have drafted him that high. Mekhi Becton will be a great player if he can stay healthy. But obviously, when you're that huge, it's kind of hard to stay healthy when you play football. And then people are, are like, oh, and then we, we people bring up Joe Douglas this year with the drafts where yeah. he drafted four great players in those first four picks. And they're like, ah, but that's easy. That's the first round. Everybody should on, but not everybody really? hits on the first round. No, they don't. Not everybody. If you look at the history of the draft, more than half of the first round are always busts. It's yep. not easy to hit. He hit on Sauce. He hit on Garrett Wilson. He hit on Brees Hall early in the second round. He hit on Jermaine Johnson, even though he didn't get a lot of playing time. But when he was out there, he was effective. He yep. hit on a lot of these. He hit on Max Mitchell in the fourth round. That was a starting right tackle before he got injured. And we yep. were happy with him. Yes, He's he been hitting on these. He hit on DJ Reed in, all, in the offseason. Like everybody's like, oh, DJ Reed, that's a decent pickup. He ended up being amazing. So I feel like he's getting a raw deal. I think that he's done well. And I, I, I'm, I'm very surprised that people are, are questioning Joe Douglas's job. I agree. I agree. Now, Rob Sala? Eh. What, do you, what do you think about Rob Sala? Eh. Some, people, some people don't like Rob Sala either now. I guess before I answer that question, what's the main reason why people don't like Rob, Rob Sala? Because of the six-game losing streak, I guess. Uh, well, that again, there are so many holes, it's hard to just pin it on him. Because for a majority of those losses, you could blame it on the quarterback play. For, for the majority of those losses, you could blame it on the defense not playing elite. For a majority of those games, you could blame it on where the running game go. I, like I said at the, beginning of the, at the beginning of the show is you have so many holes that you could pick on that you just can't pin it on one guy. Now, listen, we live in a world where even my coach, before yesterday's win, the haters are quiet right now, before yesterday's win – we're like, oh, we're definitely getting rid of him in the offseason. Year one into coming mm -hmm. into coaching a brand-new team. I told Danny at the very beginning of the season when he was ready to shove receipts down you-know-who's throat, I said, dude, you're being you're being way too jumpy on this. And I said – jumpy on the defense. Right, but you said, who is this guy to come on and talk about we're keeping receipts? He has every right to come on and say to keep receipts because he has all that faith in his team. As a coach, how are you not going to have that, that much faith in your team? Robert Sala deserves another year. You said that he's. this is his second year. This is his second year, guys. You're already <laughs> ready to get rid of this guy. For who? For who? How do you know Sean Payton will come in and lead you to a, to a Super Bowl victory? How do you, you know don't. that? Jim, that That's my point. Stick with what you got. 
consistency is key in everything you do in life. And if you're just changing over and over, your head coach, your GM, your quarterback, your quarterback is a little bit more. It's a little bit different. You got to give the kid, the, the kid, if you're drafting a really young guy, time to grow into an offensive system. There's going to be growing pains. Rob Sala deserves to come back another year, another full uh, year at that. He didn't uh, go out there. He didn't go out there and drop on Nathaniel Hackett. By the way, like the guy, did, like you said, at one point was six and three. He did more than enough to keep his job for another year. Look, Rob Sala had his faults. I, I like. I, I agree with a lot of people the way that they, a lot of people were displeased at how he handled the whole Zach Wilson, Mike White thing. Yeah. I do think that was a little odd the way that he kind of just let that basically split the, well, I wouldn't say the locker room in half. I think most people sided with Mike White. So it was more than half, but yeah. I, I still think that it was, it we was, sided with Mike White. Right. So I, I think that it was a little messed up the way he handled that. Now, Rich Samini sent out a tweet and I want you to read this and I want you to tell me, well, I'll read it to you. And then I want you to tell me what you think of this. Sure. Robert Sala didn't waste any time in setting a theme for 2023. Hanging in every locker is a black T-shirt with one word on the front. Finish. That boy's keeping receipts on his own team. <sighs> you like it? You like that? I that do. Move? I do. Because what, what did you say? You said if you were to take the beginning part of the season and drop it at the end part of the season, nobody would have a problem with how the Jets finish the season. Because you finish the season with a winning re- well, with, with a final winning record. Like you were on a eight and three record to finish or six and three record to finish season. You're like, oh shit, right. we won most of our final games. But the fact is that the reason that you are where you are is because you guys didn't finish strong. So I I, I actually do like that a lot. I like that from again, there's gonna be a lot of things we're gonna touch on, but the fact that that's the first message of 2023, I personally like the message. What about you? Uh I I didn't dislike it. I just thought it was kind of uh broad finish, finish what? Finish strong. You know it's finished strong. Finish in the playoffs. No, it's finished it, strong. It, it, it was it's kind of broad for me, but I guess Rob Salah. Um, I think he's a player's coach. I think players feed into that. I think they'll mm-hmm. like that. So for that reason, I, I'm okay with it. But I don't. It's kind of gimmicky. And then I had one more tweet. Oh, Jets my fans, we picked Christian Hackenberg over Dak Prescott. Then we picked Zach Wilson over Justin Fields. Anyone else concerned with choosing a pretty white boy over a better player of color? Oh, wow. Just saying it seemed fucked up at the time and seems worse now. Now, I I don't think they picked the pretty white boys over the guys of color because of that. My understanding is that they're looking strongly at Lamar Jackson as a possibility if he yeah. becomes available. Reports are that they're going to go after him pretty strongly. Um, I also don't think that many people went after Dak Prescott originally. I believe he was a fourth-round pick. I think he was like the eighth quarterback drafted. For sure. So I, I think that's playing the whole hindsight 2020 thing. And Christian Hackenberg came out, came out of college with – he could probably throw the ball downfield like 80 yards. Now, granted, he wasn't very accurate, but he looked like a polished quarterback, not one that should have gone where he went. So I, I am agreeing with that. But, but please don't make this about color. Like, come on, son. And – I have heard a lot of people talk about Justin Fields and how we should have taken him. Fine. That's an argument worth having. But again, well, would you have taken Justin Fields over Zach Wilson? I would. But like for right one, now, I guess you would say it. And even then, right, right, I'm still right. not a Justin Fields fan. No, no, no. I'll, I'll tell you the one reason why I did it. I think that a, what, what helps a team out offensively is when you do have a quarterback that can get out of the pocket. Now, you know, as well as I do, I don't enjoy that type of quarterback. I don't right. want that type of quarterback on my team. I want to, I want a quarterback that relies on his arms 
but can use his legs and not the other way around. Justin Fields, as a as a mobile quarterback, would have definitely put you guys in a position where you would have won more games, agree yeah. or not. Yeah. So my point is, yes, Justin Fields coming out of college, his biggest strength was getting the hell out of that pocket. He's so, a struggler uh, with a better arm. Correct. So on that, on that talent alone, yes, I would have taken him over Zach Wilson because Zach Wilson coming out was, Ooh, look at him. He throw, he he throws like Patrick Mahomes. Ooh, he throws a really pretty ball. Oh my God, look how strong his arm is. But at the end of the day, Justin Fields' legs would have won you more games. Now, can can I get onto something? Oh, actually, let, let's stay on Rob Sala a second. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Rob Sala to me is trying to do the 49ers blueprint, right? He's trying to follow the 49ers blueprint. Okay. Which, if it worked there, why can't it work here? Kind of what you're right. Yeah. Well, when uh, when Shanahan took over for the Niners, they it was 2017, I believe, and they went four and twelve. I want to say their second season, right? So second season, four and twelve. The third season, they ended up making it to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that we're following more or less. We're we're like 49ers East. Like okay. that's the blueprint that we're trying to follow. And you now, can make an argument that Brees Hall could kind of be your Christian McCaffrey. Well, I mean, they made it without Christian McCaffrey back in 2019. Right, right. But what I'm saying, like this kind of season they just had, you guys kind of had that player already in your running back. In your running back. And team. what what got them over the hump, besides the fact that he had three years to build his team, right, was that they drafted Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel's. Mm-hmm. They got a Pro Bowler on offense and defense that completely changed that team around. Yes, they did. We now have an offensive rookie and defensive rookie, possibly two offensive rookies yeah. that completely changed this team around. Yep. So I think because he's following this blueprint, one thing that I always like to Rob Sala is that he always mentioned and brought up the fact that he's gone through these rebuilds before. He said it, it takes three years. He yeah. went with it. He went through it with the Seahawks. He went with it through the, with the Niners. I think he even went with it through, through it with the Jaguars when they made it to the a, uh, AFC championship game. So he's seen it. And I have full faith that he can get it done. Now, if next year we don't make the playoffs, that I think that's that we can have that conversation for sure. I think that's a, that conversation that needs to be had. Now, let's go on to Mike Lafleur. Let's do it. What do you think about Mike Lafleur? Now that you got to see him while he was playing against your Dolphins, <sighs> I thought. Okay. Let, let, let me let me do this correctly. From a Dolphin standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. I saw that my defense was giving you fits. No pun intended to Mr. Fitz Magic. It was giving you guys problems. We were sending pressure from different angles. It wasn't the same look all the time, but you figured Joe Flacco was a veteran, and that's why he was able to escape the pocket or get the, rid of the ball in time. Oh, oh, oh. Our offensive line was depleted yesterday more it than was. ever. It was, and there was one tweet by Ghost of Adam Gase that said, the fact isn't the, that we're causing so much pressure on Joe Flacco or the, the, the fact that there isn't enough pressure on Joe Flacco is the fact that Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips weren't winning more against your practice squad offensive linemen. And I think you could blame a lot on, on Mike LaFleur throughout the season. I just don't know if yesterday's game was that game to blame it on. I think whatever quarterback was going to be there, the way our defense was playing – it was going to be a close game anyways. Now, like I said, with having Zach Wilson in there, you may have had more 
running out of the pocket. You may have had a, a, a little bit magical throw for 45 yards down the field to get you into field goal position again. But my point is, yesterday probably wasn't the greatest game, but I think it was the exclamation mark on what he's done up till now. That the reason that your offense looks so horrendous is probably he has a, a lot to blame for. But let me ask you a question. Isn't he also very new at this as well? It's like, doesn't he deserve to go through his learning curve as well and how to call an o- offensive system? No. No. Okay, then give me your two cents on on. on no, no. It, look, this is year two. I feel like when when I hear that there's going to be a young OC coming in, yeah. I just for some reason, and maybe it's 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 unwarranted, but I just imagine that they're going to be very um, creative. Okay. Right? Like, I, I watch Dolphins games every week because we do the Dolphins show also. Yeah. Every single play, there's somebody in motion. Yes. Always. Either Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle. Elijah Moore was in motion, motion a lot yesterday. How many times did Elijah Moore get the ball out of out of any of those plays where she was maybe, in motion? Maybe two. I'm telling maybe you, they try, they're just trying to get him to run, to get some cardio in, just so he's too tired to bitch about it after the game. Because it's absolutely pointless how often they send him in motion. And he's the only one that ever goes in motion. And yes. he never gets the ball. Yes. There's no design plays for Elijah Moore. Now, there seems to be 57 design plays sorry, for Garrett I Wilson. Wrong. I was wrong, by the way. He had one catch for 11 yards. Go ahead. There you go. But Elijah Moore is non-existent in this offense for some reason. Yes. And with Zach Wilson, there are no designed bootlegs. They don't design plays to get him outside the pocket. Every time you see Zach Wilson make a big play, it's always outside the pocket, but it's always a broken down play. It's him improvising. Yeah. It didn't work out. He bought time. He got out of the pocket. He made something happen. But it's never by design. I, I thought Mike LaFleur was going to bring a lot of creativity, and it just didn't happen, unfortunately. So it because of that, I, I, Mike LaFleur has to go. Mike LaFleur has to go just off the fact that, I don't know, like four out of the last five games, we didn't score a touchdown. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I think, I think the majority of the blame should go over the last five and not necessarily this one. Like, like I said, like if you look at your team, right? Garrett Wilson, nine catches. Your next guy, two. So Garrett Wilson was obviously doing his thing out there on Xavier Howard, yeah. on Cater Kohu, on Keon Crossan, whoever was covering him, he was doing his thing. But outside of that, Danny, Zonovan Knight, 12 carries, 22 yards, average a whole 1.8 yards. Ty Johnson, five carries, 12 yards. Michael Carter, three carries, four yards. So our defense did their thing of shutting down your running game. So Again, he deserves a lot of blame. Jets fans, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to go. What I'm saying is you can't really use this last game as it's the, it's definitely the, the exclamation point, but he definitely lost his job over the last five and not necessarily <laughs> this one. Um, the guys from Everything MYJ podcast, good guys. Go listen to them if you haven't yet. For sure. Um, they sent out a tweet yesterday, though, that I disagreed with. And that's what I love about this. I love disagreeing with people. I like yeah. debating. And they put out the stat about um, the first two seasons of Adam Gase. Mm. I I Mm. believe it was that he had the same or even more wins than Robert Sala during his two seasons. Now, there's a difference here, though. Okay. And I feel like you needed to put that into context. You have to remember that Adam Gase... Started with seven wins his first his first season as a as a New York Jet. Yeah. The second season he went down to two wins. 
Rob Sala, on the other hand, has improved from year one to year two. Mm-hmm. He almost doubled the victories. I understand that we didn't like how it came out, but it is what it is. He doubled it. Yep. So I feel like that's an unfair comparison just because you're playing the totals, and that's nice and all. But Rob Sala took over a very it... bad team. He took over a very bad team <clears throat> with an offensive coordinator and a, and a rookie that, that was playing quarterback for the first time straight out of BYU that hadn't played against like big-time college teams either at that time. I agree. So I think that he, he was dealt a, a rough hand. Not only did he improve from year one to year two, he took a defense that was dead last to top five in a matter mm-hmm. of one season. Yep. So I thought that that comparison was kind of unfair. Um, I see what they're doing because, I mean, right now it's just like, let's just figure out everything negative and throw it the Jets way. And I get it because it is very frustrating what we're going through right now. But I feel like a lot of the stuff needs to be put into context because at some point you got to take a step back and really look at the big picture. Rob Sala, I think, has done a pretty good job. Unless you're going to get, I don't know, Bill Parcells from 1991 to coach your team, I can't imagine what exactly you're going to get outside of Rob Sala if you, if you were to, like, to get rid of him. Like, what? That's, so, and that's my point. But let, let, me, let me ask you a question. I already told you, I don't think Rob Sala should go. And I agree with you. Don't be cute and just make the stats appear to what you want it to appear. The well, fact look, I told, is, I've told you all the time. I love numbers, but numbers can be... Right, I can I can make you sway one way or another. Right, and, and, I, and I think with Rob Sala that a lot of people are like, oh, well, look at this. They have to say, do they though? Because like you said, the fact is, he has more wins in year two, and what you want to see, what you want to have on a team is consistency and then improvement. You go, you guys have both of those. You want to have a good young team that you can build around. You have that as well. So again, you have plenty of holes to look at. But remember, you got free agency to type that into there. You got Joe Douglas, and again, seven times out of ten, he's going to knock something out of the park. Imagine you get a big-time pass rusher next year to line up with Quinnen Williams. Because Quinnen Williams, you know for sure, is going to get paid this offseason. If you get a big edge pass rusher that can consistently get to the quarterback, you already know Saucer and and Reed are going to hold down their own in the backfield. You can get a safety in the second or third round. I'm telling you. I I I think we have one that we just never used, actually. And, And who? Bryce Huff. Bryce Huff used really? to got like, like 10, 15 snaps a game, if that ever. And But percentage-wise, he got to the quarterback at a crazy percentage. I wish I would have gotten it before. I didn't know we were going to talk about Bryce Huff. Right, right. But, right. but he is a free agent this summer. If I was Joe Douglas, and again, I trust him, but if I was Joe Douglas, I'd cut Carl Lawson. For sure. Who hasn't lived up to his contract. I understand that they said today that he had a second surgery on his Achilles and he almost wasn't ready for the season, That's and nobody fine. knew about it. That's fine. But regardless, he hasn't lived up to the, to the contract. No, I'd give Bryce Huff a contract and keep him on that. If if they're willing to restru- if he's willing to restructure his contract, by all means. But yeah. I, I agree with you. He's definitely not worth the money. But I I mean like somebody like a Bosa, and I don't know if there's any Bosa type caliber players coming out of the year's draft. But the fact that is, if you could get somebody that could consistently cause pressure on that quarterback, and I mean consistently, you again. From a Dolphin standpoint, I don't want it, but you guys aren't that many pieces away from being a, a team to be fucked with in, in the AFC East. I think, at least I think, that they're going to go offensive line first round. But, Which, again, we're going to get into this in, 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 in future episodes. It's yeah. way too early to be talking about the draft. Right. Um, but we did. We were talking about Robert Sala and Adam Gase comparison. Yeah. Now, hear me out with this. Now, you tell me if you think I'm crazy. Oh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I, I am going to think you're crazy. You probably – and anybody listening – 
it's probably gonna think I'm crazy, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Here we go. Let's say hypothetically, hypothetically, let's say that they decide to keep Mike LaFleur. Because I think there's a good chance that they do because Rob Sala is good friends with him and he never really had a starting a good starting quarterback to run the offense. So maybe they give him the benefit of the doubt. Okay. I think that they should hire Adam Gase as an offensive assistant. Damn, I wish now, the let me tell you why. Right let me tell you why. This season, if you had to put a number on it, how many offensive touchdowns do you think the New York Jets scored in the first quarter this year? If I had to put a number on it? Yes. How many touchdowns did they score in the first quarter this year? Fuck, man. Give me an over-under. Okay. Over-under five. Over. First no? quarter, not first half. First quarter. No? No. Oh, shit. <laughs> over-under three. <laughs> Over. No, my God. And, and you're telling me you should keep him? And you're telling no, me I didn't you say we should. I no point that I say we should keep him. I said I think they might keep him. Okay. The New York Jets scored two offensive touchdowns in the first quarters. Oh, wow. That is a terrible games. stat line. That is wow. 17 first quarters. They had two touchdowns. Now, why do I say maybe they want to hire Adam Gase as an I, I know, I know where you're going with this. Because Adam Gase, as shitty of a head coach as he was, he – it was almost guaranteed that we were going to have a scoring opening drive the rest – every game. It, it, it was almost guaranteed. He drew up the best first 12 to 15 plays you could imagine. It was a masterpiece. I don't know how he did it. But once he couldn't – he once he needed to adapt or adjust, that's it. We were lost. We were lost. Right. But those right. first 12 to 15 plays. So I say we hire him as a first – Quarter or first drive, <laughs> offensive coordinator. After that, you let Michael Ford take over. Let me Tell ask, me that let, is an amazing idea. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> no, 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 no. JT, <laughs> tell me that you didn't hear my explanation and it doesn't make sense. We scored two <laughs> touchdowns, JT, two <laughs> touchdowns in the first quarter all year long. Adam Gase used to make the best first drives. I'm telling you, he used to script those perfectly, and we would constantly score on the first drive of every game. We never scored after that, or not much, but the right. first drive, we were guaranteed points. Tell me that we shouldn't hire him as the first drive offensive coordinator. I don't think that that exists, but we could make it a thing. He's a <laughs> high school coach right now. I'm sure he'd take a fake cut, and he would, let's hire wait, Adam Wait, 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 wait. You got to hear I, this. I, I, I don't even know this. He went down to coach high school football team? Yes. Stop it. Yeah, I, think in, in, I think in New Jersey. I'm with you, JT. I'm with you. No, no. Hell no. Listen, I dealt with Adam Gase as well, and I liked Adam Gase as a coach for most of his tenure here. When he went to New York, I was actually highly optimistic for Danny. I said, I think he has the ability to get the most out of Sam Darnold. Because at that point, that okay. right, at that point, I was like, potential, right? Good offensive mind, 
young quarterback, uh, they, they little, can probably grow I'm, together. I'm a little upset that JT still hasn't responded to me because I, I <laughs> JT, you heard my explanation. I don't have a bottle. I, I'm, a, I'm a bottle of water. I'm telling it's you. It's tequila in there, by the way. I'm Ain't no water in you, there. Adam Gase, as a first drive offensive coordinator, would be perfect. Wait, 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 wait. Team. Here you go. Randillo's got your back. <laughs> no, no. Gase comes in and Zach turns it around. No, I don't think that happens. I want, I want Adam Gase strictly for the first drive of the games, and that's it. First now, of all, I, I wanted to get into this. Thank you. Thank you. Let Trojan Mayberry, very good point. And not, not the fact of signing Lamar Jackson. I think you sign a, a quarterback the caliber of a Lamar Jackson, and they're going to make any offensive coordinator look good. Shit, I could go call plays for the New York Jets, and if I have Lamar Jackson at quarterback, run every single goddamn play. And then all of a sudden, I'm an offensive genius. But the thing I like about Lamar Jackson, and again, yes, he relies solely on his, on his legs, and that's probably why he gets hurt a lot. But, Danny, when you need him to make that throw – he can make that throw. That's but the can that, he though. I, I'm not a big Lamar Jackson guy, man. I don't and think neither am I. But what I'm saying is he can find the open receiver and get him the ball. If he has time to look actually survey the field, and remember, people make a lot of shit about all oh, the Baltimore Ravens are a really good team. For the most part, they were getting carried by that defense for a lot of years. For Lamar Jackson's career that he's been there, he's been a stud when he's on the field. But if you're talking about a person who could consistently stay on the field. I don't know if Lamar Jackson's the way you want to go, Trojan. I'm just saying, you you got to stay healthy, and you need a quarterback that it's not going to take as many hits as Lamar Jackson. But Danny, go ahead, drop your two cents. So let's see, Lamar Jackson, he was pretty healthy the first three seasons of his career. He yes, played he was. 16 games, 15 games, and 15 games back when there was only 16 games in a season. Yeah. <clears throat> then 2021, he missed four games. Oh no, five games, I guess, because it's 17 games now. So he's missed five games the last two years. Yeah. So 10 games combined over the last two years. Right. Because of that, I wouldn't – he can't stay on the field. And because of that, I, I, I'm i not a, a big Lamar Jackson fan. But, but I, I also see it as if you do <laughs> sign him, you'd probably be the first one in line to buy his jersey because – Yes, because his last name is Jackson and my son's name is Jackson. Okay, there you go. That's the only reason. That's the only reason. That, that but, Literally. You know what? When I, I saw an, uh, a photo edit of that and I was like – that's pretty cool. Like, I would get everybody in this house a Lamar Jackson jersey just so everybody could have my son's name on the back of their jersey. I agree. And that's exactly my point. I'm not a Lamar Jackson fan either, but we got to have a quarterback that can run and throw the ball away every down. on a t And I agree. That's the thing about Lamar Jackson. And that's the thing that I've seen when I watch Lamar Jackson. Remember, he's beating me enough times. Until we yeah, but he runs the plays. same play. It's tight ends up the seam. No. Look, he his best, friend, his best friend was a wide receiver. Was it Hollywood Jones was his name or Hollywood Brown, something like that? Yeah, Hollywood Brown, yeah. He requested a trade away from the Ravens, his best friend. He's like, I'm never going to get the ball on this offense. And he left. Yeah. Do you think Elijah Moore? Do you, how do you think Elijah <laughs> Moore is going to feel in that offense? <laughs> Listen. I've seen him enough against us until we brought that zero blitz and kind of like figure, figured him out. Up until that point, when he needs to get out of the pocket, obviously he's getting out of the pocket. But when he when he needs to find the easy dump off, when he needs to find the tight end down the middle of the field, and then when you actually have Hollywood Brown streaming for 70 yards by himself, he could also get him the ball. So he also has arm strength. Danny, you know that I'm not a big fan of Lamar Jackson, but don't get it twisted. If he was on your team this season, you guys are easily in the playoffs. And I don't I mean close – you're easily in the playoffs. Take take your Dolphins hat off for a second. I don't mean literally, figuratively. Take your Dolphins hat off. 
if you were a Jet fan and you yeah. could pick any receiver to be on your team, obviously you can't pick Josh Allen or anything like that. Yeah. <clears throat> but of the Derek Carrs, Lamar yeah. Jackson, the free agent, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, Tom, Tom Brady, out of those, who would you choose? Baker Mayfield, a lot of people throwing around. Who would you choose if you could get one of those? A-Rod. As would I. I. If I could choose one, I would choose Aaron Rodgers. Now, the problem with Aaron Rodgers is that you would have to trade away a lot. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and not only are you mortgaging your future, but you are now win now. Mm-hmm. Like, if you don't win the Super Bowl, it's a, it's a, it's a catastrophe because you just mortgaged away your future to win now. Now, you can afford it because you have so many players on first and second year contracts that you could probably afford them and make that run for a year or two. But if it doesn't end up in a Super Bowl, you end up like the Rams are this year. And the Rams, they made, they got the Super Bowl, so they're good. But they're going to be horrible for the next three or four years because they have absolutely no flexibility. But let's, and, let's and that's the that. only thing that worries me. Again, take out Zach Wilson, take out Mike White, take out Joe Flacco. Okay. You throw A-Rod on the same exact team you have right now. Yeah. He makes your offensive look better than what they actually are. Mm-hmm. Your receivers, as good as they have been this season, now they're that much better. Because yeah. Garrett Wilson got skills. Like, mm-hmm. that boy has showed up every single damn game. Yeah. Elijah Moore, he could probably start looking like a stud with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. This exact team with Aaron Rodgers on it next season, let's say you make no changes. Obviously, there will be changes. But let's say you make no changes and you throw A-Rod and you just drop him right here. Boom, the same exact team. You're competing for the the, the AFC crown. That's all I'm saying. No, I, I agree. I, I agree. I just... So if it's about mortgaging... <laughs> Yeah, bro, you can have my house. I think I could win with A-Rod at quarterback with the same exact team you guys have. And you know what? I'm, I'm The thing is, I'm not much of a gambler, and I would be really yeah. scared to mortgage away my future just for the sake of winning the Super Bowl now. Facts. Because if if we weren't, because there's no guarantee. If you don't win it now, then you, you – look, I went through this with the Brooklyn Nets with Kevin Garvert and Paul Pierce, and yeah. they were old. It was a stupid trade, but they went for it, and then I suffered – horrible years for the following four years so yeah i don't know i've, I've seen it happen i know um, i know that you're not a big jimmy g fan mark anthony dropped jimmy g knows the system but he's injury prone for sure we got that jared Goff will be another i think jared Goff is it probably a a good pickup because you know he could stay healthy and he's he probably won't, agent? i i don't know what is I'll his check, status right now, check right now but i don't think like let's say he's available or he's even available for a trade I don't think that's a horrible option to bring in. I wouldn't bring in Jimmy G. I know Danny, I can tell you right now, I'm answering for Danny. Danny doesn't want any part of Jimmy G. But I get it. If you, I, I agree. If you bring a player like Jared Goff to your team, Danny, let's say it costs you a fifth or sixth rounder to, to bring him over, and then you draft another quarterback late, That that's you have Jared Goff, you got Zach Wilson backing him up, or, or unless he beats him out in camp, and then you have you have another rookie that you draft in the later round as a as somebody to work up. I think that's a solid fucking plan. I agree, Mark. That 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 was a great point right there. Jared Goff, he's played amazing this year with the Lions. Yeah. Um, he had, there's a potential out this offseason. I just don't know if it's a player option or a team option right now. Okay. It's it's not clarifying. So he could be a free agent at some point this year. Um, after the year he had, I doubt that either one of them would maybe Jared Goff would opt out if it's a player option, yeah, just to seek more money. I don't think he's gonna get more money. I think the Lions system works well for him. It does. Um, Jared Goff, I, I you know what? If I had it's a choice between Jared Goff and Jimmy G, though, I would take I would take Jared Goff. I don't want Jimmy G. For Jimmy G I, is, is, I, I made, is paper mache. 
Like that guy cannot keep it together. He's, I get it. He wins, and and it's not like pretty either. Because when I watch him, I'm not like, wow, this guy looks really good. He he's he's a good he's a good quarterback. I'm not gonna sure. say he's not because he wins games, but it's it's not sexy, and he can't stay on the field. You know what? If he were to stay on the field, I'd feel differently. But he right. can't. Like he, it's just certain players that just are just injury prone. Like Tua Tagovailoa, constantly injured, and it's no fault of his. But he's just constantly injured. That's why he's gonna miss the game next week. He had so, to. He had to. I had to. I feel like. Yeah. So I, I think with with Mark said, if you could get a player like Jared Goff that could consistently stay on the field, even with the hits that he takes, and think about it, your system is kind of similar to the Lions. You play great defense. You rely on the running game, and you make the throws when you need to. They put up. At one point, the Lions' offense is leading the NFL in points scored. So it's like Jared Goff was doing his thing. So I agree, Jared Goff would be a great. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, no, we're all in that same boat. Yeah. Right now, we're on that same boat. Golf over Jimmy G, 100%. Oh, now, by the way, being that we're on this in the comment section is live with this. Let me ask you guys one more name. One more name. Just got benched for Jarrett Sidham. Do you take Derek Carr on this team? Because well, that's what Derek I was Carr about to bring up. Is another great option for you guys. I was going to bring up Derek Carr. He he led the team to the playoffs last year, if, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. And that yeah. was during that John Gruden hot the mess asco. that they were going right. Asco, right and and he still let him there Derek Carr this it's just so weird to me that the Raiders are ready to give Absolutely. up on him that it's like what is it like why why didn't think, he work on the Raiders I think it's a Josh McDaniels versus Derek Carr relationship I don't think I think that relationship is what's shaky because you don't bench your franchise quarterback for Jarrett Stidham I don't care well, what team you're on but but that's what worries me. When he gets benched for for Jared Stidham, it's like, is that the guy that I really want? Like there has to be something there. But I will tell you, and I and I got this, and I'll pull it up right now. Jared Stidham, not Jared Stidham, Derek Carr. If we were to get J- Derek Carr, mm-hmm. there's one benefit to this. The Derek Carr thing has to be finalized three days after the Super Bowl. Because if the Raiders keep him three days after the Super Bowl, he's owed $32.9 million, oh No, I'm sorry, an additional $7.5 million. Mm. So just being on the roster three days after the Super Bowl, he's owed $7.5 million. Which means if they have no intention of keeping him, he's either going to get traded or released before, I believe it's like February 15th, or, or give or take. So we'll know sooner than later if the Jets are going to go after Derek Carr. It's not going to be something that goes into March or April or, or anything like that, or like a, 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 a NFL draft day trade or anything like that. Like it's going to happen in February if that happens. So Derek Carr is either going to be our quarterback or out of the question before we get an opportunity to go after anybody else. So Lamar, Derek Carr, A Rod. If yeah, Mark, they want to quick. Yeah, being that the window is so quick. Would you, as a Jet fan, and you guys are a Jet fan, then you're in the comment section, are you guys okay with that? Being that you won't get an opportunity to any other potential quarterbacks down the road, me speaking from a person not wearing a Dolphins hat right now, if I could get Derek Carr, that is an instant <coughs> that is an instant upgrade in my quarterback room, and I would take it in a heartbeat. But how do you feel, Danny? Knowing that you won't have a chance of getting a Lamar or getting an A-Rod or any of those other names, if you have to pull the trigger directly after the Super Bowl, are you pulling that trigger? Well, I, I don't know if you knew, and I didn't realize how much he had signed his contract for. 
Derek Carr was old. Next year coming up, 32 mil. Yeah. The year after that, 42 million. Mm-hmm. And the year after that, 42 million. So he's expecting big paydays. Like when he signs his contract, he's not going to come for cheap. Right? Maybe he won't sign for 42 million because nobody's going to give him 42 million after him after getting cut by the Raiders. But he's not going to be signing for 15, 20 mil. He's going right. to be expecting a big contract. Like, I don't know if we are set up. The reason we NFL teams like these young teams is because it's like, okay, usually these young teams have a young quarterback that's leading them that hasn't gotten the big quarterback money. So you have money to put in different places to right. fill in that roster. And right. then once that big contract for the quarterback comes in, then you got to figure out how to rebuild again under that contract. Right now, I don't know if we could take that Derek Carr contract. We, Quinton Williams needs to get paid. I think you can restructure your 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 cap. Listen, I, I, I get it. I, I think the same way. I think the cap is fake news as, as far as they come. But if I'm a Jets fan and I got three days to pull the trigger, that is an auto, I, automatic upgrade to my quarterback room. I, I'm taking it. If I know that they're willing to talk to me and it's not going to cost – it won't cost you the same as trying to get Aaron Rodgers is my point, Danny. I don't think it's going to, like, mortgage your future. Yes, you're going to eat a lot of money pulling that contract, and maybe you, you could escape getting him from a, let's say, third, fourth-round pick. I don't think you have to trade a first to get Derek Carr. Obviously, they're going to ask for a first, but I don't think it will mortgage your future. You, you I'm sorry, man. You, you got to go get him. If he's, if they're willing to talk to you and have that conversation with you, for me, if I'm a Jets fan, I'm, I'm, I'm taking that call. I'm taking that call. In the games that he played this year, he threw 3,500 yards, 24 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. 60% completion percentage, which is kind of low, but yeah. um yeah, Quarter, man, uh, quarterback rating of 86. That's pretty good. What, what were your quarterback ratings this season? Look, we didn't have a starter this year. Like at this point, if Alex Smith would come out of retirement, I'd take Alex oh, Smith on his one God. leg. <laughs> because we had no quarterback. That's a, that's another good point. We talked about this a couple episodes ago. Just would probably like just like to roll with Mike White and put the money elsewhere. We talked about that because you give Mike White again. You don't have to pay him a lot. You know he's serviceable. He could get the ball out. It's not a bad idea. Now, if you're trying to make noise next year, Jet fans, Mike White's definitely not your way to go. Look, if, if the, the thing Mike, with Mike White is the that, answer for this season. I don't think he'd be the answer for next season. Mike White moves the ball up and down the field. But, man, I can't get over that that six trips to the red zone and not getting in the end zone. I understand hey, a lot of that. It's would have Mike- beat us with six straight end zones. <laughs> yeah, because we're gonna get those field goals. The thing is, Mike Mike LeFour has a lot to do with that because yes. his he wasn't very creative getting into the end zone. Yeah, but man, I, I love Mike White just because I, I love the story and I would love for him to be the backup. But I've come to terms with the fact that he's not gonna be a Jet next year. And anybody that's listening right now live, just understand, Mike White's not gonna be a Jet next year because he's gonna get an opportunity to to challenge for the starting position next year as a backup. Yeah. He knows that coming into the Jets, if Zach Wilson returns, Zach Wilson's going to be the backup. Yeah. And then they're going to sign a veteran to compete with Zach Wilson. Mike White's going to end up being the third string again, which sucks because I really like Mike White, and I would love him as our backup quarterback for the next few years. But I think he's going to go where a place where you think he can – maybe with a, with a rookie, right? Like a team that's going to draft a first-round rookie, and they get Mike White, and they let the rookie sit behind Mike White. And he'll have a chance to kind of just take the, the, the reins and – keep that job for as long as he can while the rookie, you know, learns behind him. Like, I think that that's the situation that my wife's going to find himself in next year. Yeah. All right, man. You ready to get rolling with this last topic? Yes, sir. 
Oh, that, that's not the last topic. But yes, I did want to get into this. Do you have an issue? Hell no. I heard, <laughs> with Joe Flacco's son showing up to the game in a Miami Dolphins jersey. Why, first of all, why would I personally have an okay, issue? Okay, not you personally, bitch. Yeah. If if one of your Dolphins players, their kid showed up with a Jets jersey. Yeah. Would you have an issue with that? Yes. Just, in case, just in case you guys didn't know, anybody listening. Joe Flacco's son is a big Tyreek Hill fan. Yes. He showed up to the stadium and he was wearing a Dolphins Tyreek Hill jersey. Walked up to Tyreek Hill, he got it signed. Yep. And a lot of people are having issues with that today. Why? I was wondering. Because it's the opposing team, I guess? No, listen, here's my thing. If my son showed up to the game in a Jets jersey and the Jets jersey was Zach Wilson, I'd punch my son dead in the face. If my son showed up with a Sauce Gardner, a Quinnen Williams, a Wayne Corbett, a Curtis Martin, some somebody of importance in the NFL that's a high-caliber player, and he's like, Dad, that's my favorite player. Guess what? I'm supporting my son. Because at least he's picking somebody of skill. But I think, yes, you should be upset depending on said player. But what is someone, when it's someone like Tyreek Hill, sir, how mad can you be? I didn't think it was that big a deal either. Um, but you know why I think it wasn't that big a deal? Facts, Mark. Because it was, Joe, it was Joe Flacco. Right. Because it was Joe Flacco. Um, Joe Flacco, to me, is a Baltimore Raven. And by the like, way, his, if, his older kids were showing support to Joe Flacco. So that's a very good point. But if it's like, I don't know, Rob Salas kids showing up in a Dolphins jersey, then I think that looks kind of weird. Yeah. Because it's like, it's the head coach. Like, if you, like, fake it. I, I still but, don't think it's but weird. Joe but Flacco, yeah. nah, Joe Flacco, I was like, yeah, it's whatever. I didn't think it was that big a deal. And now the last topic. A lot of people, after yesterday, yeah, because the Jaguars won their division, are taking that opportunity to compare both teams, and they want to poo-poo on the Jets simply because the Jaguars won the division. I, I know where you're going with this as well. I know where you're going with this. Okay. So before I go with it, I wanted to get your take on it. Do you think that people should be comparing these two teams? No. No. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal your thunder here. Go for if it. The Dol- if the Dolphins are in that division, it's a cakewalk. If the Jets are in that division, it's a cakewalk. I, like. Mm-hmm. That division is terrible. You're playing against the Houston Texans. You're Say it like Charles Barkley. You're, you're terrible. That that terrible. division is terrible. Like terrible. anybody that's in that division would have been in the playoffs right now if they had the caliber of talent that we have. You have. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Just for a second here. The Bills did their thing, by the way. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they could have picked on Tennessee. They could have picked on the Houston Texans, and they could have picked on the Indianapolis Colts as six games of their season. Come on, son. That, that's my point. And, and then when I when I brought that up to people today, they were like, "Oh, but the Jaguars kicked the Jets' ass." That has nothing to do with it. I'm talking about the other three teams, right? The other three teams that were garbage. The Listen, other three teams. What, you want, what's their schedule? What, what's their record combined? They're fourteen and thirty-five. Let, let, let's not get it twisted. We're not taking away anything away from the Jaguars. What we're saying is that six. Yes, I am. I'm not because they still had to beat whoever was put in front of oh, them. Oh yes, I know, I know. And six out of the games were, were pretty easy games, based off of the, the opponents that they played this year. Now, granted, at the beginning of the season, you probably didn't expect your division to do that hard. Where you probably expected Tennessee to be a little bit better than what than what they were. But outside of Tennessee, all right, 
now we're talking culture going to be bad. Texas going to be bad. But for all three of those teams to be bad, like let's be honest, Jess would have won the division in that. In that, in if they were playing in the AFC South, Jess would have won the division. Ultimately, my point was that the Jets ended up with seven wins in a difficult division. The Jaguars ended up with nine wins in a cakewalk of a division. Yeah. I understand that two wins is a pretty big difference. For sure. But it's two wins. And when you look at our division, we have Super Bowl favorites. We have the Dolphins, which are in the playoffs. And then we have the Patriots, which ended up with seven wins also. And they were scratching at the door. They were in there. They They were in the door. They would have been in there if they wouldn't have thrown that horrible pass against the Raiders. That last play of the game, that play literally got them out of the playoffs. So this is a good division that the Jets ended up winning seven games with, with no quarterback. So you can't tell me that the fact that the Jets won seven games without a quarterback and that the Jaguars winning only nine games in a horrible division with a franchise quarterback and a a Super Bowl winning uh, head coach, that it's it's like, oh, yeah, the Jets, look at this. Look at what the Jaguars did. The Jets can't do this. The, Je- the Jets did more than the Jaguars would do in this division. I agree. With a I lot agree. less. With I agree. a lot less. So I think that that comparison is stupid. I agree. I, I literally don't want to add anything else to the top, especially the NFC. That's another division that sucks, man. The NFC South. Like, Tom Brady is in the playoffs again because he plays in the NFC South. And that, he only yeah. has seven wins also, right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I think was so. Seven or eight. He might have got eight. I'll tell you right now. Eight and nine. So he finished with a negative record and made their way into the playoffs. So, yeah. And watch him make it to the Super Bowl, too. And look at it. That's true. Jaguars really beat, beat on Dallas. Now, granted, Dallas, I think we're not going to talk about this because we're running up against a show where we got to record our next one. And by all means, mm-hmm. you guys can bring the conversation on to that one. But Dallas is suspect as fuck. I don't think Dallas is going anywhere this year either. But that's just my point. They're my, they're my Super Bowl pick in the NFC. Yeah, yeah. I think I it's gonna be I, Dallas Buffalo. I think uh, a gentleman by the name of Thomas Brady is gonna handle that guy. That's all I gotta say because it's I in think Tampa. That would be awesome. I, I think Thomas Brady's gonna win in in Isn't Tampa. That's such crap. I, they should fix that. Like you, you win have a eight games and you host the game. That's bullshit. And, and, the, and the and the Cowboys won how many games this year? They won like twelve, right? 12, 13 games. I agree, Mark. AFCs AFCs does have does have problems like the fact that at one point in the season you guys looked at it and you saw three of our teams in the playoffs at one point that goes to show you how tough our our division is and, and i'll leave it with this everybody's saying yeah. and, and i get it i 100 i understand that everybody's saying the jets need to make the playoffs next year rob salah is probably out of a job and i get that because i agree to an extent yeah but when you consider the division we play in like, this is a good division. Next year, Tua maybe stays healthy. The Bills are going to be the Bills of Josh Allen. Yep. And the Patriots, no matter who the hell's on that roster, Bill Belichick, I don't know what the hell he does, but he's guaranteed seven wins every season minimum. Yep. So it's not like, oh, yeah, they need to make the playoffs. And, like, we need to see how it plays out because the Jets could very well end up winning 10 games and still somehow end up losing, like, a tiebreaker or something. Yep. And, and it, it look. Look, plenty to get into this offseason. We're going to keep recording every week. Uh, Next week we'll get on here and we'll talk about what we're looking for, who needs to go, who needs to stay, because I know we didn't touch on it too much this week as far as players go. But we'll get into that next week. And um, anybody that's live on right now, if you want to keep talking to us, we'll be on the Dolphins, right? Battered Fins fans 
on that YouTube channel in give or take what 15, 20 minutes. Yep. Just about. All right, so I think before we tune guys. out, we should we, we should literally put that comment right back up there while you while you take us out. Uh, for the record, and JT never got back to me. I explained very clearly why I said Adam Gates needs to be hired as the offensive coordinator for the first drive for the rest of the year. Yep. Next year. That's only if Mike LaFleur stays. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us on episode 19 of the Battered Jets fans. And we will be back next week talking a little more Jets football. And if you guys want to join us, we'll be on the Battered Fence fans in 20 minutes. And make sure that if you enjoy, you know, the battered fanatics point of view on these topics. You go follow your boy on Twitter at battered fanatic. You can find me there. All right. Catch you guys next week. Fins up. Oh God.